You're listening to Joy Coaching America with the Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant, spreading upbeat, uplifting, informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. Welcome to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant, and today I have the honor and privilege of introducing to you Sam Bushman, who many of you probably already know, because Sam has been in the syndicated radio network for 25 years. Sam, say hello to everybody before I tell the accolades about you. Hi, guys. Delighted to be here on Joy Coaching America. (laughs) Thank you, Sam. We're so excited to have you here today. You know, I just recently was invited by Sam to go to his beautiful commemoration And this was in honor, Sam says, of all of the friends and the wonderful people that he has met throughout the years, doing 25 years of syndicated radio network. And I got to sit at a table with Kurt Crosby and his wife and just listen to these amazing guests come up and celebrate their work with Sam Bushman. And it was such an honor. And I would like to just tell you a little bit about Sam. Who is Sam Bushman? According to Sam, The words family man describe him to a T, along with his strong Christian beliefs. His beautiful wife, Julie, and his eight children are his treasures. His hobbies include homeschooling his children, playing games, fun in the outdoors, reading, a love of music, and his favorite, talk radio. Sam has been a talk show host for 25 plus years, sharing his God-given gift of gab on a wide range of topics. His radio programs have been syndicated on several radio networks. He currently hosts Liberty Roundtable, a nationally syndicated talk show on the LovingLiberty.net radio network. Liberty Roundtable candid political discussion of current issues affecting you and your liberty airs Monday through Saturday, 9 to 11 Eastern Standard Time, 7 to 9 Mountain Standard Time, and is syndicated on the LovingLiberty.net, along with listeners on the AM-FM dial, as well as new media channels, such as the Roku Player, Amazon devices, smartphone apps, just to name a few. Sam is a well-known public speaker on all topics related to liberty. He is well-known for the He Who Owns the Media Makes the Rules DVD, and the New Media Takes Center Stage presentations. Sam also runs a consulting business, small business tech guys, specializing in radio automation, digital audio production and editing, voice overwork, remote control access, networking, internet streaming, and more. Sam is available as an IT consultant for small business, and I am just so honored to be able to interview you. And I was so happy when you said yes, Sam, because I just wanted to celebrate you, the 25 years you've been doing syndicated radio, and then let everybody get to know this miracle man who has produced so many miracles in his lifetime. So hop right in here and give us some background story to your life, Sam. Hi, Karen. Yeah, I've been around in radio for a long time. 25 years plus uh, is my t- uh, time in radio. I've been on the radio uh, 25 years. Most of it's nationally syndicated. And it's been an incredible ride. And the people that surround me are just amazing. Uh, when I spoke at the end of our Friday night celebration, uh, the title of my talk was Learning to Be in the Right Place 
at the right time and how miracles bless our lives. And I talked about my own personal story a little bit because I feel like you know, a lot of people know me. They know who I am, but they don't really know some of the most intimate details of my life and such like that. So I talked about my birth and how I was born. I was born blind. Uh, it's a long story, but um, I was adopted. So I was born to a single mother from Alabama. Uh, I was adopted by uh, a family in California. It's interesting, uh, a miracle, even how she got from Alabama to California in the first place. But nevertheless, I was able to be adopted by uh, two a mother and a father, so I call them my birth parents and my real parents, right? The real parents are the ones that raised me. My birth parents are the ones that brought me to the planet, I guess, kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, but my real parents um, were both members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so I like to joke and say I was rescued by the Mormons. Uh, but it's not really a joke. It's as true as it gets in terms of who I am today. It's all about God, family, and country, and I don't believe uh, given the circumstances of my birth, that I would have those things in my life uh, if I wasn't uh, rescued uh, via that miracle. But I talked about that I was born blind uh, when I was first born back in 1967. Believe it or not, um, there was all kinds of problems. My my birth parents or uh, gave me up for adoption, never saw me. Uh, my real parents basically got me, and I wouldn't respond to anything for weeks. And they kind of got concerned. They took me to the doctor. They did all kinds of CAT scans and all kinds of scans. And the doctor came back and said, hey, this child is deaf, dumb, and retarded. And you need to put him in a mental institution. Wow. True story. I know it sounds crazy, but back in those days in 67, that's the way it was. And uh, to make a long story short then, I, uh, my parents prayed. My father gave me a priesthood blessing. And then they took me back to the doctor again. And the doctor goes, did some uh, same tests over again and said, oh, my gosh, we must have been wrong the first time. Um, because now he's he's just blind. There's nothing else wrong with him. He's just blind. Uh, but the problem is they compared the results of the test and they said, we don't understand it. They're just different. The tests are different. We don't know how to explain this, except we must have been wrong the first time. It's the only explanation, even though the results of the tests are different. Mm -hmm. Well, and I mentioned, you know, miracle or not, I'll leave that to you to decide. Uh, but I'm here today and I talked about a few other miracles in my life. Uh, I talked about the miracle of being on the radio. You know, when I was a little kid, about five years old, I used to listen to um, music on the radio while my friends would play baseball and such like that. And um, I loved radio. And I told my mom, I could, I could do that. I could be one of those announcer guys. And so my mom actually called broadcasting schools uh, when I was a kid to um, see if it was possible. You know, how could we start him earlier? And they said, forget it, kid. It's like being a rock star. You'll never get it done. And uh, long story short, I made my living and uh, I was going to get a psychology degree, but then I loved IT. So I moved into IT and computers and I seemed to get along better with computers than people. I like to joke. Uh, it's somewhat true, though. Anyway, and I um, got into IT and then I eventually met a friend named Kirk Crosby. And it was a miracle how we met in the first place, but it was over a political campaign. And we started to listen to radio late at night. And I'm like, this is great stuff, but these guys are crazy. And what they're telling you is wrong and they need to be stopped or they're right and they need to be promoted. And so I found out they were right. And that kind of started the radio career. Uh, long story short, to those people who say, forget it, kid, it's like being a rock star. I get the last laugh 25 years later on the radio. I can say, you know what? It was possible. Again, in my humble opinion, another miracle. We have miracles throughout our lives. And I focused on my speech primarily saying, listen, you need to learn to be in the right place at the right time. That's when miracles happen. And it's not just me that has miracles. Anybody who follows Christ, keeps the commandment of, commandments of God, can expect miracles in their lives. And there's a, a principle that I want to kind of share here 
a little bit, that miracles come by faith. Faith precedes the miracle. Faith in God, faith in his power, faith in that if you do what he asks, he can pour blessings so much so that there's not room enough to receive. And so anyways, uh, this circle is kind of the principle that I want to teach. When you have faith, you get miracles. When you get miracles and you acknowledge them and you write them down or some way remember them, and uh, unless they're too sacred, you share them. And as you do so, you have gratitude. And when you have gratitude and appreciation for the miracles and acknowledge them, and it increases your faith. When it increases your faith, more miracles follow. And when more miracles, anyway, this circle happens in each of our lives. And the key is to learn to be in the right place at the right time. And the only way I know that God can put you in the right place at the right time is when you turn your will over to his will. And so every morning I try to get on my knees. I'm not perfect at it, but it's something that we all should practice and work at. But I get on my knees and I say, Lord, where would you want me to be today? You know what? Where do I need to be to carry out your work? Where do I need to be to be an instrument in thy hands? Where do I need to be to be on thy errand? And when we ask those questions and then wake or get up and are willing to go to work uh, by faith, and we put our faith to work, faith and works, then miracles happen. And we're in the right place at the right time. And I submit to you that my whole radio career, in fact, my whole life, and all the miracles that I can document after 54 years of life, eight children, five grandchildren, a wife that I've been married to, we're about to celebrate our 30th year wedding anniversary. And I would say every one of these miracles in my life, from the people I've met to the circumstances of my birth, all the way through, has to do with these miracles. And so I really talked about being in the right place at the right time and learning how to do so. Only God can put you there, Karen. Oh, Sam, I just have to tell you that I have those, those goosebumps that I had the Friday night as you were talking and sharing this message and really literally my black uh, napkin, the cloth napkin was saturated by the time you were done hearing your story and the things that you have miraculously accomplished is such a testament to us all that God is a God of miracles and that we can co-create miracles with him. And that if we will show up in the right place at the right time and sitting there Friday night, being there beside my husband directly in front of the podium and looking into your countenance as you spoke these words was truly a miracle for us. We truly felt like we are in the right place at the right time. And especially right now in the world's history, there are so many people that are struggling to remember how to co-create a miracle, how to be reminded that miracles have not ceased, that the ministering of angels has not ceased, and that we can have these two, Sam. And I love the principle of writing them down, celebrating them, and that as you do, you will see God's hand in your life you will see that he has been working through you all along. And Sam, we do celebrate your life. We celebrate the life, the miraculous life of Sam Bushman today here on Joy Coaching America. And we're so excited that you're here with us today. We will be right back after a few messages. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Karen Lynn Grant, Joy Coaching America.
from sea to shining sea and beyond. You're listening to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. You're listening to Carolyn Grant as we interview today, Sam Bushman, syndicated talk show host who has been in the network for 25 years plus, who has his own radio show, his own radio network. And Sam, you are an amazing storyteller. I love your stories. I love hearing about your miracles. And today I would love to focus on the miracles in your life. So share with us another story of miracles in your life, Sam. You know, I kind of feel like Tevia in Fiddler on the Roof. You know, I, I pray to my Father in Heaven and I ask for miracles. I pray for miracles. I work towards them, uh, not because I need miracles, but because I want to make my life on this earth count. And I know if I'm at the right time, at the right place, then miracles happen. And, I, and I'm, I'm fulfilling to the best of my ability without being perfect, the measure of my creation. And God can be my captain. And he can lead my life. He can make more out of my life than I can. And that's one of the messages that I teach about on the radio a lot. God will make more of your life than you can. The only question is, will you let him? Anyway, so there's an event. I'm a very political person as well. I promote God, family, and country. I don't really believe things are political. I say I'm a political person because that's the way people perceive me to be. Very political, very controversial figure. Uh, and as a public figure, it's sad that the world can, uh, considers it so controversial. I don't think I'm political. I think everything is moral. I don't believe there are any political issues. Amen. Okay. Everything is a moral discussion. There are no political discussions. And you can have opinions about it. But really, the question is, what is the truth? What is God's view? And uh, so anyway, I, I don't believe in politics. I believe morality and religion are the two great supports that make countries great, that make families great, that make people great. When they, when they adhere to religious guidance, keep the commandments, if you will, and then a moral code of ethics. I call them governing values. Anyway, I digress, except for I got this story that's quite interesting. So I went to uh, Oregon with a bunch of people, and our goal was to free the Hammond family, Dwight Hammond uh, and his wife. His son was named Steve Hammond. Dwight and Steve were going to prison, and the government said that they basically um, were terrorists. Why? Because they lit a fire on their land, and it was a backfire to stop another fire. And, of course, the government wouldn't let you burn, and they claimed they burned a couple of acres they shouldn't have. As you know, fires just don't go exactly where you tell them. Uh, but their intentions were good. Anyway, the government called them terrorists, threw them in jail. And our goal was to, they got out of jail and they were going to be put back in jail. It's a long, complicated tale. But suffice it to say, we went up there to care for the Hammonds. And when we were there, we knocked on their door. We had several hundred of us. It was January 6th, 2016. So or, I'm sorry, January 2nd, 2016. So it's super early in the morning, uh, super cold, like six, eight degrees outside. And we marched and we went to the Hammonds home and they came out on their porch. These dear old people came out on their porch and we said, listen, we'll help you stay out of jail. And they basically kindly said, no, we'll accept the government's will in this. We'll just go to jail. And anyway, we felt bad. We all gave them hugs and we said, we will never stop until you're released appropriately. We'll do all that we can for you. And then Richard Mack, my good friend, started singing Amazing Grace. And I joined in. And then eventually all several hundred of us all filed down the street at the Hammonds home in seven, eight degrees, six degrees weather, um, literally saying amazing grace to this family. Yeah. Well, anyway, that was a great, incredible event. 
right? Just, just peaceful, good, honorable event. Mm. Right after that, several people went to the Malheur Wildlife Refuge and took over the refuge. And um, we were going to the refuge as well because we thought there was going to be a barbecue there. On the way, we literally pulled onto the dirt road to head to the refuge. And I got this feeling from the Holy Ghost that said, you need to turn around and you need to leave. The message was so clear. I could not deny it, but I didn't understand it. I'm like, why? These are my friends. This is good. Um, No, you need to turn around and leave. So I told my um, fellow passengers in the car, the people that I was with, we got to turn around and leave. And they're like, what? What's up? And, And I said, I don't know. I'm just telling you we need to leave and we need to leave now. So we did. Turns out they took over the Mount Here Wildlife Refuge, which we disagreed with, and wrote a press release against it. Well, believe it or not, the mainstream press, while I was in the middle of my press release, releasing the press release saying that I was against it, they took my picture from the previous event and put it all over the stories of the takeover event, which I was completely against. So that just shows you how dishonest the media is. They did it on purpose. (laughs) Anyway, I was against the second takeover, but I say to you, the Holy Ghost... Again, be in the right place at the right time. It was the right place at the right time to defend and support the Hammonds. It was not the right place at the right time for me to be at the Mount Here Wildlife Refuge. And literally everybody got arrested that was there. I didn't. I tried to talk another talk show host. They asked me to be the inside talk show host man, the, the newsman inside, and I refused. And so they went and asked somebody else. He said yes. He called me and said, should I go in? I said, no, I wouldn't do it. He did. He got arrested. Well, anyway, it's kind of interesting because my wife is not political at all. And she basically says whenever I go somewhere to speak or to broadcast live or an event or anything, she always says, honey, I love you. Don't get arrested. (laughs) And it's kind of comical because in this case, the Holy Ghost literally prevented me from getting arrested. And I say it's a miracle in my life. You know, Sam, when you are about all the good that you are about, you will be in precarious situations, I'm sure. But how wonderful to know that you are guarded, you are guided, and you are protected to listen to that still small voice and to be able to warn your friends. And, you know, they honored you, they listened, they hearkened, and they followed you. And it would have been so easy to deny that and to deny that still small voice. And I think that that's such an important point as you're making the point of being in the right place at the right time and the point of not being in the wrong place at the wrong time. So- Amen to that. Oh my gosh, that is an amazing, incredible story. And thank you so much for sharing. And I bring it up because in my talk last Friday, I mentioned to everyone else that, you know what? You can be in the right place and the right time, as you promote liberty, as you promote God, family, and country. It may not be the way Sam Bushman does. I'm a talker. I've got the gift of gab. Some people say, we wish you had a little less gift. In other words, we wish you'd (laughs) shut up a little bit. But the truth is, other people have writing skills. My wife mentioned when she spoke that she's a writer, not a speaker. And I'm a speaker, not necessarily a writer. Um, We all have our own different talents. And we all bring those talents to the table for God, if we're willing. And that's the key. You know what? Your right place, right time, right circumstances, what you can do is different than mine. That's perfect. That's the way it ought to be. And so I'm not even criticizing those folks that did go to the wildlife refuge. And I'm not here to down them. Maybe they were told to do something different than me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't receive revelation for anyone but myself. And then I receive uh, revelation for my stewardship of my family and et cetera. But um, 
I'm not here to criticize the choices of others. I'm just merely here to say that I believe God provides miracles for those who righteously seek them. And you don't seek them for fame or fortune. You only seek them to say, Lord, how can I do thy will? How can you prosper my efforts beyond my own talents and capabilities? Uh, And that's really what we're talking about is basically saying, you know what? I'm on your errand, God. I'm on your errand, Heavenly Father. Tell me what I need to do. I'm ready to listen and I'm ready to obey. I love it, Sam. And I think that something that I feel so strongly that is so kindred to what you're saying is that each one of us has a purpose and a calling and a mission and a specific gift. I remember Von J. Featherstone in an address that he gave to, at Brigham Young University at 11 o'clock at a BYU devotional. He said, every single person that has stepped foot on the face of this planet has been given at least one gift. And if you don't know what your gift is, go on your knees to the Lord and ask him, Lord, what is my gift? And then as that gift begins to be revealed to you, maybe not in a cataclysmic event, but over time, do all you can to polish and perfect your gift so that you can give it back to God to use for the benefit of his children. And I love that you have done this in so many ways. As I, as I read the list of your areas of expertise, I know that it's, you don't like the limelight pointed on you, but I have to say that in being blind and accomplishing the things that you have accomplished and the inner eye and the inner vision and the clarity that you have is just amazing. As we close this segment, Sam, give us a word, a a word to the wise. Here's a word to the wise. I have a Von J. Featherstone personal story. I'll tell you right after the break that will drive Karen's point home. Oh, I'm so excited to hear that. And I also wanted to let you know that if anything you can share about Reed Benson, President Benson, we would love to hear about them too. President Benson was my grandfather's next door neighbor and he was his home teacher for many years in Salt Lake City in the Sugar House area. So, so many crossing paths and so many exciting people to know and to be taught and to be encouraged by during this trying time. It is the best of times and it is the worst of times. This is Karen Lynn Grant on Joy Coaching America interviewing Sam Bushman. Thank you and we'll be right back after these messages. Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace. One happy listener at a time. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. I am loving this interview with you, Sam Bushman, and I'm so excited to hear your story about Von J. Featherstone, a man who I have loved, who has touched my life and his life has woven in and out through mine. So I would love to hear your celebratory story of Von J. Featherstone. This story is very interesting because it starts when I was young and preparing for uh, my mission. I went on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I was, I was preparing for it. I read the book, Jesus the Christ, 
And oh boy, if you want to read a book that's educational uh, and very deep, it's going to take you a while, but study it. I, I'm telling you, it will change your life. Anyway, as I read this book, though, there was miracle after miracle after miracle uh, chronicling the Savior's life and the power of miracles that he had and how the apostles struggled to do the miracles, but uh, they had to be cleaned every whit and they, they, their faith couldn't waver. And, and, you know, the Savior patiently taught them. And anyway, it goes on and on. But I got this idea and I'm like, hey, I'm a blind person, but you know what? We have the priesthood, if we're members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, on the earth today. And uh, the priesthood is the power to act in God's name. And, hey, if the apostles could heal, then why can't we do the same? And so I went to my dad, who, believe it or not, was a patriarch in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Oh, and I said, hey, Dad, I got this idea. And uh, he was a little bit wary of it. But I explained, I says, I think that we ought to pray. And if it's the right thing for the Lord, I think that you ought to give me a blessing so that I can see be incredible. And so my dad prayed about it and came back and said, I agree. I think we should do it. But my dad said, you know, you ought to ask your home teaching companion to ask his dad about this first. Well, my home teaching companion, believe it or not, was Reed Benson. And Reed Benson was a, a literal mentor in my life for homeschooling, uh, for understanding our roles and, and miracles. And I mean, the guy was just incredible. And I was a wrestler at the time, and I, didn't, I wasn't really too interested in this kind of stuff, but he brought me along so patiently and so kind, and, but he was persistent as all get out. Anyway, so I went to Reed Benson. I said, hey, can you ask your dad, the prophet, Ezra Taft Benson? He was the prophet at the time. Uh, can you please um, ask him to give me a blessing so that I can see? I've been reading Jesus the Christ, and, I, and he said, okay, I'll do it. So he went to his dad. Reed went to his dad, and he said, Ezra Tab Benson, you know, dad, um, this friend of mine, this, my, my home teaching companion, is a blind person, and, and he really wants to be able to see. And he, him and his father prayed, feels like it's the right thing to do. <laughs> Will you do it? And Ezra Taft Benson, the prophet of God at the time's response was very interesting. And here's what he said. Why don't you and your father do the blessing? You have the same priesthood I have. In other words, the point was there's nothing magic about a prophet or an apostle. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not in any way downing or naysaying their roles as, as prophets, seers, and revelators. I, I have real testimony that they are. His point was, though, that, you know what? In priesthood matters, your father has just as much authority as even a prophet. That's and that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean they receive revelation for the whole church. I'm not don't don't take it out of context. He's just making the point that the priesthood is powerful to the righteous regardless and so I talked to my dad, and we both prayed, and we still felt like it was right. And so we set a time, we fasted, we prayed, and I received a blessing from my father that said I would see in this life. And I fully expected to open my eyes and see, hmm. and it didn't happen. And so I just thought, well, you know, I don't know how this is going to happen, but the Lord will provide, and I let it go. Literally 30 years later, I was at an event where Von J. Featherstone spoke. And I had the chance to go up and meet him and shake his hand. And I actually had a couple of minutes to talk to him. And uh, my dad was with me and we went up there and I explained this story. I gave him a lot shorter version than I'm giving you. But I said, hey, I received a blessing that I would see. And it's been 30 years and I haven't, I, I, I haven't seen. I think then it was 20 years or 22. Anyway, and I, and I can't see. What do you make of this uh, um, Brother Featherstone or Elder Featherstone, uh, you know, is it that I'm not faithful enough? Do I not have enough faith? What, what, what's the story on this? He smiled and he 
took my hand in both of his and he said, you know what? Can you catch a bird with your bare hands? And I'm like, well, not likely. I mean, sure, there's exceptions if it's wounded or, wounded or something like that, then I might. But for the most part, no, of course not. He says, think about it like the bird. What you need to do is go to work and serve your God. And as you do, one day the bird will land on your shoulder. And I walked away at first going, well, that was a sidestep response. Mm-hmm. Come on now. That, you know, but the more I study, the more I pray, the more I read and learn and grow, the more I realize that it was not a sidestep question. It was the truth. Uh, the test of faith comes before the miracle. Now it's literally been, I think, 35 years or so since I received that blessing, and it still hasn't happened. But here's the question that we all have to ask ourselves. Does the Lord keep his promises? The answer is a clear, resounding yes. So what am I missing? Is it that I'm not faithful enough? I don't think so. I think I have, I don't want to say I'm super faith-filled, but I think I have faith. I think I'm a faith-believing-in-God person. So I don't think it's those things. What is it then? And the answer that I've learned over these 35 years is this. Whose will do we want and whose timing do we want? My will or God's will? Do I want to be in the right place at the right time or not? If the Lord said, Sam, I don't think you should have your sight back because I have all these things for you to do, but you can have it back right now. Would I take it? And the answer is no, I would not. I'd say, Lord, I defer to your wisdom, your understanding of the great plan and my role in it. And I defer to you because I know you can make more of my life than I can. And so I look at this and I look at my radio career and I say, you know what? The Lord's making more of me than I could have made of myself. It's his will that I see someday, but it may also be his will that I'm on his errand. Maybe his errand, maybe I can perform my role on his errand as a blind person better than I could Cited. And so I look in John, what is it, chapter 9, I think it is, where the apostles are sitting there with the Savior Jesus Christ, and a blind man comes by. And they say, who sinned, the blind man or his parents, that he was born blind? And the Savior said, neither. He was born blind that the works of God may be manifest through him. Mm. And so that became my missionary uh, my missionary scripture. And, and, and I think today, the more I learn, the more I know it's true. I am on the Lord's errand, and this is how he wants me to carry out his errand. And as soon as my work is done, the promise will be kept. How, when, where, what, I don't know. I don't proclaim to know, but I know this. I have faith that it will absolutely be true on the Lord's timetable, not mine. Sam. This is an amazing testimony, and it is something that so many people need to hear, because not only does the Lord have his purposes and his reasons that we don't understand, but I can tell you that there are so many people that are inspired and motivated to become their, the best version of themselves because of your example. And as we watch you, I remember the first time I met you and being in your recording studio and and just watching how you could do all of this, putting a show together, putting all of these things together. I thought, wow, what am I doing with that ability to see? And with that ability to see, look at everything that he is accomplishing. And so I'm so, so, so 
amazed. And I know that you have friends who love and respect and honor you for the great faith that you have in God, that he will perform miracles in the right time, in the right place, in the right reason, in the right moment. So I thank you for sharing that Von J. Featherstone beautiful story for all of us who are waiting for yet an unfulfilled promise in our lives. Do you have any remarks that you would like to share before we close this? Yeah, I do. So I had an opportunity to speak Monday night, just a a couple of nights, a few nights ago uh, at Loving Liberty called Liberty Hall. It's in far west Utah. Kathy Smith is the uh, owner there and everything. I had the chance to speak at her event, and I was able to share a couple of things that I think might be relevant for this interview as well after the break. Well, I'm excited to hear about that because I was not able to attend. I was interviewing Hannah Stoddard on a, on a beautiful show, and I, we love Kathy Smith. And the tribute that she shared for you and about you on Friday night was wonderful. We will be interviewing her soon as well. We're so grateful to have a message of miracles at this crucial time in the world's history. We're so grateful to be reminded that we can co-create miracles with God and that if we will keep a faith-filled heart, a faith-filled mind, a faith-filled spirit of hope, and that we can put all of these things that are happening in the world around us, world events, crucial events, into the Lord's hands and wait on His divine timing. This is Carolyn Grant, Joy Coaching America. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. I think that this is a beautiful show, Sam. I love the things that you're sharing. You're edifying people to have faith, to remember God, to create miracles in their lives by getting out of bed and getting on your knees in the morning and asking the Lord, what is your errand for me today? And as I hear these things, I'm reminded of so many things in my own personal life that, that are just ringing clear and true with everything you're saying. And I can just feel my spirit doing jumping jacks and just saying, yes, amen to that. Amen to that. That is true. That is truth. And so as we turn the time back over to you, we would love to hear about some of those beautiful remarks that you shared for the Constitution Day celebration last Monday night. All right, so before I continue with that, you know, about the time I was able to meet with Von J. Featherstone and get some of that kind of perspective and some more um, knowledge to chew on and grow and learn about and grow into, in my understanding, you know, we're all on our own journeys, whether it be for liberty or to follow Christ or whatever. Everybody's kind of on their own. And so as I grew into the understanding of what he meant by that, I often felt like Tevia, you know, I'm like, Lord, do I have to be blind another 30 years? Couldn't it be happened to some, couldn't it happen to someone else? You know, isn't that how Tevia would kind of approach it and stuff like that? 
and he was joking. He didn't mean to be sacrilegious, but he was, he had a real relationship with the Lord. It wasn't a sacrilegious, but it was a real one where he considered the Lord his true friend. And, and I know, mm-hmm. you know, people laugh at it when he speaks to God that way, but I believe it really demonstrates a, a, a very symbolic friendship that if we're not careful, we laugh at uh, the way Tevye talked to God and we kind of overlook. But I think there's a familiarity and a friendship and a relationship developed there that we ought not miss the symbolism of. Anyway, I digress, except for I was telling you oh, about I the speech that. that I gave. <laughs> I gave the speech on Monday night and I was the, the kind of the final or the keynote speaker for this event or whatever. And I was able to get up there and I talked to people about, you know, you see things physically. And you see things um, from a sighted point of view, a mortal sighted point of view. And um, I'm not saying that people don't have any other spiritual insights or things, but day to day when you think of seeing, it's a physical attribute of mortality that I don't share, that I don't have. And uh, so I mentioned this to the crowd and then I said, you know what, I want to share with you, the crowd, because there's 140 plus people there or whatever, and they're all there. And I said, I want to share to you, share with you what I see. You know, a lot of people stand up at the pulpit and they say, I just, I, it's delightful to see your beautiful faces. Um, you know, you're just a wonderful group of people. But I said, I want to give you my perspective as a blind person, what I see as I stand in front of you and view you. And I talked about it, it's a spiritual thing. I have a feeling of the crowd in the room of who they are and what they represent. And I explained that, you know what, you're doing much better than you think you are. Defending the sacred cause of liberty, I know it seems like a losing cause, but it's not because we're on God's side and he wins. We win in the end, folks. Don't forget that reality check. And I mentioned that, you know, these people are, you people are good, solid, patriotic, humble, God-fearing, hardworking, honorable uh, people, who believe in God, who believe in this country, your hearts are right. Yeah, you make sin, you, you sin and you need to repent too. So you need to repent, we all need to. But you know what, and I went on and explained how good and how, how fantastic these people really are in front of me. And I said, you know what, I'm grateful for you, all of you. Um, you know what, you are in the right place at the right time. You were born, of all the times you could have been born, you were born now. And not only were you born now, but you've been prepped your whole life for these unfolding events for the future. And you are here now at the right place at the right time. I consider each one of your lives a miracle. Each contribution to liberty, to building the kingdom of Christ on the earth, to waiting for the Savior Jesus Christ to return. Each one of those things are showing who you really are, demonstrating your faith. Clearly acknowledging your heart's desires. And and so I said, you know, this is the way that I see you in the room. That's who you are. That's who, you know what, you are becoming. The more you work at it, the more you become faith-filled, humble, dedicated, committed, uh, followers of Christ and defenders of liberty. So anyway, I explained my vision of how when I stand up in front of crowds, I can feel them. And every crowd I speak in front of, I don't feel that. I went down to New Orleans one time, and I went to Bourbon Street because that's where a radio event was and all this. And I got on the street there, and I just closed my eyes for a second and paid attention to my spiritual compass. And I said, you know what? God's not here. Hmm. They have kicked God 
out of this place. And a Christian friend of mine who's not a member of our, our faith, but he's Christian, uh, non-denominational Baptist, he agreed with me. And the other people that were with us are like, hey, we can get drinks and walk down the street in this place. This is cool. And we're like, uh, no. And, and so I feel the spirit of people, individuals and groups of people when I speak to them. And I'm telling you, those people were good, honorable people. And so I just thought it might be a little bit helpful for those people to feel and understand, you know what, I may not physically see uh, in mortality, but I do have a sense of of seeing the truth, of understanding uh, people. And I know that being in the right place at the right time matters. And I believe the people in that room were at the right place at the right time to not only hear my message, but to hear the message of others, to be strengthened, to be encouraged. And that's what we need, I think, the most of right now in America. We need people to help with courage and comfort and strength to say, you know what? Yes, it's crazy out there. It's beyond crazy. (laughs) But you know what? We can have civility. And so I wrote an article back in 2015 called The Clarion Call for Civility. And um, so the next 25 years of, of my radio talk show, Liberty Roundtable Live, will be dedicated to this clarion call for civility. You know, we can disagree on a lot of things, but we don't have to be hostile. We can mm-hmm. learn how to win fl- friends and influence people. We can agree to disagree agreeably. Uh, like in the Friends of Voltaire or whatever, it says, hey, I may not agree with what you say, but I will support your right to say it. And I, and I finished on that note saying, you know what? We need to be civil. You need to lead with civility because that's when the spirit of Christ, when we're unified, even if we disagree on things, we can be unified and being kind to one another. When we do, the spirit of God becomes present. And so I mentioned that and I talked about how Uh, You know, I wrote an article about civility, but I'm going to be doing a national speaking tour on this call for civility. Because I can't find a single thing that's needed more in our society now than a call for civility. I think it's beautiful. And I think that what you have shared about a, a principle, the gift of divine compensation is a principle. So the fact that you may have limited physical sight you have been given a gift of insight and a gift of vision so that when you meet people, you can feel beyond what mortal eye can see. And I love that you've shared this. I love that that it speaks to the gift of divine compensation, that God, where where one gift may seemingly be withheld, a multiplicity of other gifts comes rushing forward. And I think that that is so beautiful as well as this message of civility. I think that this is so important that we honor one another and that we share an altruistic feeling of love for our fellow man. So Sam, thank you. Thank you so much. We have time for another story if you'd like to share. So let me throw this thought out that I really want to express as well. You know, a lot of times when we hear somebody who have tremendous miracles in their lives or they have a disability uh, and they conquer or they do, do very well with it or um, maybe they've gone through a very hero, heroing, harrowing uh, experience and we think they're heroes, uh, etc. And we oftentimes have this tendency that we don't, we don't believe this, but we feel this sometimes. If you ask, we'd say, no, of course not. We know that uh, you know, God loves us all, right? But inside, we kind of feel like, man, miracles come to them easier than me. 
Yeah, faith comes to them easier than it does for me. Yeah, you know, obedience and remembering to read the scriptures and pray hard. You know, man, he sure has a gift for that. I don't. And, and we tend to compare ourselves like that. And I want to jettison that notion ASAP, immediately, to say that isn't true. Each one of us, God loves. And the more we are obedient to his commandments, the more we do what he asks us to do, the greater the love, the synergistic love between Christ and ourselves and our Father in heaven and ourselves and the great power of the mediator comes to bear. And I want people to realize that you have access to just as many miracles, just as much faith and hope and prayer uh, and, and these views, this, this visionary reality that I'm talking about here. Everyone has access to it just the same. Let's not think, oh, Sam's this talk show host, and yeah, he's blind, but he's whatever, and somehow it's different or more important than you. God loves you just as much as he loves me, every one of you. And if you don't know what your talents are or your um, special gifts given to you by God are, it's time to get on your knees and find out. But don't think for one second um, that God has favorites because they're somebody else. God favors those who keep his commandments. So Nephi and others say, I was highly favored of the Lord. Joseph of Egypt was highly favored of the Lord as well. It wasn't because they were special people per se. It was because they did what it took to be a favorite. They were obedient to the commandments of God. They seeked for miracles. They were full of faith. They made choices and used their agency in such a way to receive the blessings. Okay, blessings are predicated upon laws. And if you obey the laws, the blessings come. And God doesn't say, well, you're Joseph of Egypt. You're Joseph Smith. You're not just Sam Bushman, a lowly nobody. Okay, those blessings are available to us all equally, but we must use our agency to strive for them. And I want to make that very clear because I think people sometimes, they know that's true in their hearts, but they lose that in the day-to-day. They lose that in their own lives sometimes, Karen. Sam, this has been a wonderful show. It's been a wonderful hour with you today. You have uplifted my spirit, and I'm sure that those who listen to this radio show Saturday will be uplifted as well. I want to let everybody know that this is also being aired on Podbean and and uh, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio. You can find it at Loving Liberty Radio Network on their back office and on their website. This is Carolyn Grant. Thank you, Sam Bushman, for Joy Coaching America. 